RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock on Ben Che. Tonight's headlines. Hong Kong reports another record number of COVID cases as the chief executive says citywide testing is being considered. Officials announced that people can be discharged from isolation facilities if they test negative for COVID seven days after their first positive test. And a chief manager of the hospital authority warns that hospitals are now facing a major crisis. Four senior mainland epidemiologists arrived in Hong Kong today, the first step of a broader plan for Hong Kong to enlist the help of mainland authorities to ramp up its ability to cope with the COVID outbreak. Chief Executive Carrie Lam was among the top officials who welcomed the experts at the border. She says carrying out citywide testing is one of the options the government is now considering, but noted that such a large-scale operation will have to be planned carefully. Asked whether a territory-wide lockdown would be needed for the mass testing. Mrs. Lam had this to say. Whether a city should impose a lockdown depends on the city's character. After two years fighting the pandemic and preparing for the reopening of the border with the mainland last year, mainland authorities have spent several months looking at Hong Kong's situation. They agree that our way of handling the pandemic is suitable for Hong Kong's special situation. So if we are to impose territory-wide testing, we will consider our established Hong Kong today reported 6,116 new COVID-19 infections and 6,300 preliminary cases. Health authorities also say 24 patients died, 15 of them in the past day. And to free up space at community isolation facilities, officials announced relaxing the discharge criteria for patients. They can now go home for quarantine in as little as seven days after being confirmed to be infected if their rapid antigen test results come back negative. They'll have to isolate at home for another week and would be allowed to leave after testing negative. As for those who have undergone self-isolation at home for 14 days, they would be free to leave the homes if they test negative at the end of the two-week period. Here's the Undersecretary for Food and Health, Choi Taki. The new measures in um, discharge a patient from the community isolation facility is based on, uh, of course, the characteristics of the Omicron virus and also the relevant experts' view on uh, whether it's safe from the infectious disease control perspective to release the individual from these facilities based on test results. So um, this is a practical and also valid approach to address the infection control uh, perspective and also the need to have more facilities to accommodate people who need isolation. The fire services department says its paramedics team are facing an extreme manpower shortage amid the current wave of COVID-19. Its assistant director, Hao Ming, says it takes two to three times longer than normal for each ambulance trip because officers need to gown up and disinfect the vehicle after taking confirmed patients to the hospital. He told RTHK that some recruits who have yet to complete their training have been assigned to help, but they'll only be taking up back office support roles. 
A chief manager of the hospital authority, Sarah Ho, has warned that hospitals are now facing a major crisis. She called on care homes to take elderly patients back from public hospitals if doctors think they can be discharged to free up more beds. In fact, I think uh, it's a very difficult situation for the whole society. I think uh, some of their staff and also they may have other worries. So that's why we will also send the um, uh, outreach team to support them in case they have any worry. A hotel in Chinwan will begin operating tomorrow as an isolation facility for COVID-19 patients with mild or no symptoms. Dorset Chinwan is the first to be converted under the government's Community Isolation Facility Hotel Scheme. Later this week, three other hotels in Matawai, Kowloon City and Fortress Hill will also operate as isolation facilities. The government hopes that under the scheme, at least 10,000 hotel rooms can be used to isolate late patients. On to the weather. Cloudy and cool with one or two rain patches. Temperatures in the region of 15 to 17 degrees tomorrow. The outlook, windy in the next few days, becoming appreciably colder with heavy rain on Saturday. Currently at the observatory, it's 15 degrees Celsius. The humidity, 85%, with the strong monsoon signal in force. RTHK, the time is now 5 minutes past 11. Hong Kong's sole delegate to the nation's top legislative body, Tam Yu Chung, has said that authorities should study whether or not next month's chief executive election should go ahead in view of the coronavirus outbreak. The National People's Congress Standing Committee member told a commercial radio program that containing the outbreak should be the city's top priority, as instructed by President Xi Jinping. Mr. Tam said other matters should give way to anti-epidemic work to avoid distraction. It's very important to control the outbreaks as soon as possible because it's a life and death matter. President Xi Jinping said it should be our top priority. Whatever we do should be conducive to the pandemic situation. For something that may distract us, we can put it on hold. The chief executive election might affect some potential candidates who might have responsibilities in anti-epidemic work. I believe the central government and the SAR government should study what arrangements should be made. Executive Councillor Ronnie Tong says there are constraints that have to be carefully studied when considering whether to postpone the CE poll. For example, the basic law states that a chief executive's term lasts for five years. He added that pushing the election back could be unfair to the incoming Hong Kong leader. Under our local election law, we can postpone the election up to 42 days. But I think one must be very careful here because if you postpone the election, it means correspondingly you are restricting the time available for the next administration to form a government. And that would be wholly unfair to the new chief executive. An infectious disease expert says the government must have more than enough isolation and treatment facilities in place before it starts testing everyone in Hong Kong for COVID-19. Dr. Joseph Tsung, who's also the co-chair of the Medical Association's Advisory Committee on Communicable Diseases, questioned the effectiveness of such a large-scale screening exercise without locking down the city. He told an RTHK show it certainly wouldn't be useful without first having the facilities to isolate and treat everyone found to be infected. 
咁誒問題就話嗰個成效係咪預期我哋 ？Will it yield the results we want? When the positive cases emerge and when we find out the proportion is large and exceeds the capacity of isolation facilities, there must be contingency plans. When we find the cases, what happens then? How do we set the priorities for people who need the services most? In particular, how do we handle people who live in crowded flats? The government has urged people to update the Leave Home Safe app and store their vaccination records in it to prepare for the rollout of the vaccine pass scheme next week. Natalie Cheng reports. A spokesman for the office of the government chief information officer said people should update their Leave Home Safe app to version 3.0.2. He said the latest version of the app will allow people to display their vaccination records without a password or biometric authentication. From February the 24th, only vaccinated people will be allowed to enter premises, including restaurants, supermarkets, and shopping malls. The authorities also said such premises need to download a separate app used to scan their customers' vaccination records. It says the data can help authorities trace people with a high risk of infection. Officials stressed that the data stored in the app will be encrypted and won't be accessible to venue staff. The Macau government has tightened entry requirements for travelers from Hong Kong because of what it called the changes in the epidemic situation here. Aaron Tam has the details. People heading to Macau via the Hong Kong Zhuhai Macau Bridge now have to wait at the port until their COVID PCR test results come out. Those who test negative will be sent to a hotel for medical surveillance, while those who are positive will be isolated. Health authorities there have also said a 41-year-old Hong Kong woman had tested weak positive for the virus several days after she entered Macau. She's since been classified as an imported asymptomatic patient. The Secretary General of NATO says the alliance is concerned that Russia may be trying to engineer a pretext for an invasion of Ukraine. Jens Stoltenberg was speaking following reports of shelling between the Ukrainian army and Russian-backed separatists in the Donbas region. What we do know is that Russia has amassed uh, the biggest uh, force we have seen in Europe for decades in and around Ukraine. And we also know that uh, there are many Russian intelligence officers operating in Ukraine. They are present in Donbass, and we have seen attempts to stage a pretext false flag operations to provide an excuse for uh, invading Ukraine. The Ukrainian military said pro-Russian forces had shelled a village hitting a kindergarten and injuring three workers. Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky called it a big provocation. In Moscow, the Kremlin spokesman said reports of an escalation in Donbass were of deep concern. Meanwhile, U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said NATO had proof Russia was still increasing its forces on Ukraine's border. We see them add to the more than 150,000 troops that they already have arrayed along that border. We see some of those troops inch closer to that border. We see them fly in more combat and support aircraft. We see them sharpen their readiness in the Black Sea. We even see them stocking up their blood supplies. I know firsthand that you don't do these sort of things for no reason. And you certainly don't do them if you're getting ready to pack up and go home. 
Landslides and flooding in the Brazilian city of Petropolis have killed at least 104 people. Many more have been made homeless. The storm dumped nearly a month's worth of rain in a matter of hours, causing mudslides that buried homes and flooded the streets. Hundreds of soldiers and firefighters are searching for survivors. The governor of Rio de Janeiro state, Claudio Castro, said rescue efforts would continue around the clock. The teams work 24 hours a day. They will not stop the search at all. It will continue unless for technical reasons it has to stop for one or two hours. But if everything goes to plan, we won't stop at all. A hunt is underway for the great white shark that killed a swimmer of Australia's largest city, Sydney, yesterday. The 35-year-old diving instructor, Simon Nellis, suffered catastrophic injuries in the city's first fatal shark attack in nearly 60 years. The BBC's Shaima Halil reports. Authorities found human remains in the water after the shark attack yesterday afternoon. Lifesavers continued their operations today, searching for more remains and for the shark, which is estimated to be between four to five meters long. It was Sydney's first fatal shark attack in nearly six decades. Officials said the community was devastated, and Sydney's beaches, including Bondi, remain closed, with swimmers banned from the water. Shark attacks are rare in Sydney, because the city has long had nets and other deterrents in its waters. The sports now, Gu Ailing of China is gunning for her third medal of the Beijing Winter Games after finishing first in qualifications for the free ski halfpipe. And she's not the only freestyle skier from China to make the final, as Aaron Tam reports. Gu Ailing is joined in the halfpipe final by Zhang Keqing and Li Fanghui. But it was Gu who set the standard in qualifying with a first-run score of 93.75 before improving on that with a 95.50 on her second attempt. The finals will be held at 9.30 tomorrow morning when China's free ski queen will be hoping to pick up her third and final medal of the Games, having won gold in the big air and silver in the slope style. Canada took the gold in women's ice hockey, beating long-standing rivals USA 3-2 in the final. It's the fifth Olympic crown for the Canadian national team, four of which have been won against Team USA. Marie-Philippe Poulin had two goals and an assist, while goalie Anne-René Desbiens made a total of 38 saves. It was another bad day for American Michaela Schifrin, who failed to finish the slalom run of the women's alpine combined. This was expected to be the three-time Olympic medalist's best race. Instead, for the first time in her skiing career, Schifrin will be leaving a Winter Games without an individual medal. Olympic organizers said that no COVID-19 cases were detected among athletes and team officials today. That's the first time no symptomatic infections were found since a daily count was published before the Beijing Olympics got underway. Camilla Valieva has finished fourth in the Olympic women's figure skating final after her error-strewn performance handed Russian teammate Anna Shcherbakova gold as a doping scandal took its toll on the 15-year-old. Another Russian, Alexandra Trusova, took silver, and Japan's Kaori Sakamoto won bronze. And that's the news from RTHK.
very popular band in the 60s and early 70s, the Tremolos. Used to be spelt T-R-E-M-O-L-O-E-S, but a newspaper somewhere in East London, I think, did a typo, and so they kept the E. Apparently, that's what I read anyway. But one thing I do know is way back in the 60s, around 62, the Decca label were looking for a beat group because it was becoming all the rage at the time. They had two bands to audition. One was Brian Poole, along with the Tremolos. They had a hit with a piece called Do You Love Me, if you remember that one. And the other band was from Liverpool, of course, being the Beatles. They chose Brian Poole and the Tremolos over the Beatles, purportedly based on location because the Trems were from the London area, more accessible than the Liverpool-based Beatles. Things you never knew, you never knew. How are you this Thursday, by the way? Bearing up, I hope. Peter King with you, of course, with our marvellous magical musical mystery tour, giving way to a sentimental journey as usual after the news at midnight when we go way, way, way back. 